Stuart. How are you doing? I'm doing series well, mate. Two. Series two, episode two. That's just uh, it feels amazing, doesn't it? I feel like we're in EastEnders or something. With you know, yeah, series two, I, episode I, two. The, the mighty, the mighty B is the letter this time. I'd like to start on a, on a slightly more serious note, though. Um, today is Mental Health Awareness Day, and uh, I just wanted to bring that up. It's always good to check on your friends, and we never normally mention football in this, but uh, if you go online, one of the most uh, you know hard hitting adverts for mental health awareness day was done by Norwich City Football Club. If you check it on TikTok or on uh, Instagram, it's uh, it's really hard hitting. So remember, always check in on your friends. Uh, that's just a bit of a, a thing from me. Uh, sure, the last episode we did, episode one, series two, we got a few people that said it was a bit stiff and a bit rusty, a bit lecture-like. <laughs> there was too many rules because we had all those yeah. sections and stuff. And I mean, I, the guy emailed us in Geo from South Africa. Thank you, Geo, and said, really liked it. Love you. Love the podcast. Really liked it. But what happened to just the free-flowing conversation and, you know, you and me, sort of the two Muppets in the theatre box, you know, <laughs> Waldorf yeah. and Stadler sort of chipping away about punk and reminding people how old we are. And we kind of thought we should get back to that format a little bit. So we're going to lose a bit of the structure and be a bit more free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we also had, you know, we also had a few people comment and, you know, about things that we didn't mention. And, you know, I want to just quickly run through them before we move on to today's episode. Angst, anger, apathy. Big shout out to Robin who said it was sacrilegious that we didn't mention Adam and the Ants considering their uh, connection with Vivian and Malcolm. You know, the adverts, the addicts, Emil and the Sniffers, Steve Albini, Ausgang, Andy Blade from Eater, ATV, Anti Nowhere League, Another Pretty Face, Alien Sex Fiend, Anti Pasty, Abrasive Wheels, Action Packed. Fuck me, Stuart, we've seen a lot of those bands. A See, lot of those, those bands. <laughs> You know, and uh, you know, as we as we do, and as we always are, you know, out and about, going to shows and stuff like that. Uh, the best show I saw last week was uh, the fifth sold out night of the Hundred Club for the UK subs, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. Charlie and Nick all on form, uh, really good. So shout out to Vec who I went along to that with as well, which is really good. And also shout out to Spara. Spara mentioned the fact that we. Uh, the, the podcast comes across slightly anti-skinhead. Well, you know, I've got quite a few skinhead mates, and uh, I wouldn't say anti-skinhead. I'd say anti-Nazi. At our age, mate, we've got it coming anyway. Well, exactly. <laughs> we've, got, we've all we're all coming it together and yeah. holding it together, holding it together. So quickly on to B, uh, and we have a guest this week, which I'll you know I'll bring up at the end of this, but. Uh, B means quite a lot to us in punk. But first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, BSI Merch, and to Andy Allen, uh, obviously comes under B. But B is also for bum flaps. Do you remember them, Stuart? Sure? I bum do. I have, well, I have been known to don the bum flap. Yeah. But the but the bomb flap was a Vivian Westwood creation that hung off the tartan bondage trousers. So bondage, brothel keepers, brigandage, blood and roses, blithe power. Big Black, Butthole Surfers, The Beastie Boys, 
Becky Bondage, Billy Bragg, Bad Religion, Black Flag, Blondie, Buzzcocks, Bad Brains, Blitzkrieg Bop, Buckfast, and the best new band in Britain. Benefits. Benefits. Could we, sorry, just before we do that, could we have Brian James? Who, of course... Oh, yeah, uh, oh no, 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 no. Well, you yeah. could sneak Brian James in there. Oh, you yeah. bugger. <laughs> yeah, you can have... You, you can have I mean, we've had, we've had previous guests. I've been Steve Ignan, and we've had, uh, you know, Lee from the Ruts on. We've had Dunstan from Chumbawamba. But my one of my uh, enthusiasms for this podcast was all about new music and new music coming through. And one of the best bands that we've seen, and I'm going to state this now on the podcast on the 10th of October 2023, best new band in Britain, Benefits. I haven't seen seen them a few times alongside you, Stuart, and without you. Yeah. So, uh, so welcome, Kingsley from Benefits, for uh, to helping us celebrate the uh, podcast with the letter B. Um, yeah. How much of, how much we're going to talk about B is yet to be seen because <laughs> we're probably going to jump around over a few places. But great to have you on, Kingsley. Thank you so much for making the time to come and join us. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you and said, we've seen Benefits a number of times over the last sort of few months, uh, including at Glastonbury, which was brilliant. Um, so great. Um, I mean, it would be really interesting to get your take on kind of, you know, how you see benefits in the, you know, in the context of punk, given you're a more contemporary artist. And of course, punk stretches back to the mid seventies, but of course, for, for, for old people like us, but it's more than the music, isn't it? It's about the attitude. It's about the content and in the, in the issues. So yeah. what, what, what would you say sort of benefits I mean, what are benefits and, and, and how would you describe it? I'd just like to first thank you for that glowing introduction. Yeah. <laughs> that was really kind. Thank you. I wasn't expecting any of that. That's really nice. And uh, just another another pick up there just before I answer that question. You you, you say that the first um, edition of the Series 2 podcast lacked free-flowing chat and banter. Um, so you've invited someone on who has a history of stammering and stress and anxiety, which is really, really clever. Well done. Well done on that. Yeah. Well, not just him. We got you on as well. Hey, very good. <laughs> very good, sure. Very, very good. good. But no, but, 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 what, but what, there you go. I've started already. Sorry. But what we, um, what we are is effectively, um, I'll tell you what we write to, uh, what we tell our, uh, to the people at the sound desk when we play a gig. I tell them that we're a punk band with electronics, not guitars. And that's it. Yeah. There's no, I'm not going to try and, um, you know, fancy it up for, for, for your listeners or anything like that. That, that we are what we are. It's, 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 there's a bit of noisy spoken word. There's a bit of political outrage. There's a bit of saying it like it is. There's, um, there's some horrible noise. There's some blast beat drums. There's some nice drums. There's some electronic beats. There's some ambient stuff. There's some horrible stuff. Hmm. But it's we're, all, we're, it, all it all mushes together. As, as yeah, I, 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 and it mushes together in a, in a great energetic, you know, way that uh, you know highlights a lot of where I can see certain influences in what you're doing. You know, uh, electronic music, as you know, Stuart has played a big part in my life, and uh, you know, to see a band that has just described themselves. As we're a punk band without guitars, but the way you use your electronics are, are really, you know, sort of uh, they're really subtle. 
But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a really effective Kingsley. Yeah, cheers. I mean, it's it's not like we're, you know, you know, because sometimes I think people can get fearful if we say we, we've got electronics or we've got synthesizers yeah. or something. You, you might think we're going to sound like the Human League or something. And there's nothing wrong with the Human League or, you know, OMT or something like that. We don't sound like that. We sound horrific. You know, with my, um, Robbie, who plays synthesizer, has a floor full of distortion pedals, effects pedals, this pedal, that pedal, horrible pedals, you know, these these wonderful <laughs> things, these machines. He's got a floor full of them and he and he battles through with these synthesizers and makes the most horrific noise. Um and it's all there. It's all there to 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 counterpoint the lyric and counterpoint the vocal, counterpoint the the theme of what's going on. So you know as as is implied, um we live in strange times. We live in quite scary times you know there's 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 every every corner there's war corruption greed um awful politicians um just 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 every turn there's corruption right so the music and the lyrics are supposed to convey that and and the music behind that is there as a foil for it and when you when you go into the studio when you've just explained about the electronics there with all these uh you know a plethora of pedals and all that, and you get an engineer, it's your old school engineer that sits there and goes, nah, that's not going to work, you can't do that. How do you get over that? Um, well, for starters, we've never been in a, in a studio. Right. So, like, the, okay. the whole album was done in, um, in our bedrooms and kitchens um, and things like that. And it it's weird because, like, this day and age, I mean, it'd be lovely to go into, like, a studio like, you know, Queen did in the eighties or something like that. Go and sit by Lake Geneva and all that. But um, you know, this day and age, I, I literally plugged a microphone into my laptop and and, and shouted my head off in the right. uh, um, in the kitchen for half an hour, and that was it. But it's um, but yeah, but you know, when we do gigs and, and concerts and things like that, and um, we we t- obviously talk to the sound engineers and sound crew and things like that, and, and ex- try and explain what it is we do. And I have a I have an A4 sheet that I basically write and I go through and, right. I, and I, I discuss it with them and I say like a little bit of distortion on my vocal here. We're a hardcore punk band with electronics, da 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 da. Go crazy with the lights, turn everything up, make sure it's turned up to eleven. It's simple. It's, yeah, yeah. it's so easy. And like as I said, it's um, the majority of sound crew, sound people that we've we've worked with, love it and they're really cool right. with it. And to be honest, even what you might think of as old school. Um, through um they're all right it's a, you just yeah. got not be fearful of it so like i mean i think when we first started i might have been a bit um standoffish and a bit a bit scared of them quite quite and a, bit, I, I, and a bit apprehensive yeah yeah totally yeah so, but, yeah but now it's but now it's like we know what we're doing um so we just want you to we just want these people to enjoy it and that's it but as i said it's um it is what we are. It is what we are. Yeah. We're, 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 we're a noisy punk band. Regard, you know, I, I've got short hair. You talking about the skinhead <laughs> thing. Um, I, I cut my hair off, um, yeah, quite a while ago now. Partly because Ooh. of a, a bald spot in the middle of the back, but partly <laughs> because... Um, yeah. yeah just, just let it go, Kingsley. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the... <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. Now, you've got a tour coming up with uh, possibly the most noisiest band in Britain. 
uh, in Empire State Bastard, uh, yeah. who I have a connection with, with Simon Neal. So uh, say hello to Simon when you're out on tour. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I saw Empire State Bastard at Glastonbury and they were the second best band at Glastonbury behind Benefits. So there you go. So that'll be a real noise tour. Looking forward to that. I'm sure you are. But before that, uh, I'd just like to give a plug for Kings's next show and Benefits' next show is in London. Uh, on October the 19th at Oslo, which uh, we will see you there. And uh, will, you let, will you let us know who your drummer's going to be? Because you seem to have had a different drummer every time we've seen you. Yeah, we've um, we've went through, I think at last count, we've went through six drummers in the last 18 months. Get a um, drum machine. <laughs> which is, which is yes, get a drum machine. That would be, that would be, that would be cheaper and uh, less mm. stressful, I suppose. But, um, but not as much fun. Uh, but yeah, we, we we went through a lot of them. So like, yeah, it, um, our original drum was a guy called Johnny. Um, right. We started to get somewhere just after lockdown and he decided he didn't want to do it. So we roped in a lad called Dale. With Dale, we kind of wrote probably 80% of the album with him. He he drummed on it. We got to the point where we sent the the album off to mastering. Um, and at that very day, he messaged me saying he didn't want to do it. So we got in a girl called Kat. After quite a long search, we got a girl called Kat in, who is also the drummer in, has always also been the drummer in Mogwai, uh, a band called Honey Blood from a while ago, is also the drummer in the band Texas. Wow. So, so yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. She's, she's an amazing, amazing drummer. That's the one you saw at Glastonbury. Yeah. So yeah. we got her, um, and then it's, but obviously with, with her being in a, a much bigger band like Texas and Mogwai and all this sort of stuff, she, she's in demand um when I has... saw you when we saw you at the hundred club, it was Rick from Ash. Yeah, yeah so uh, if... and then you had the guy from Therapy in one of the shows as yeah. well. Yeah, so if 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 Kat was unavailable, which you know she she sometimes wasn't because uh Texas were playing much, much bigger shows than than us in our you know two hundred capacity venues and things like that. So we would rope in people who happened to show an interest in us or like us, and it was um the guy from therapy was the first one. He came to a few shows in Nottingham before we even wanted to rope him in. So we got him in. Um, he's amazing. Right. He's the loudest drummer I've ever heard in my life. Um, and then we got in. Um, Kat was unavailable. Rick was, un- uh, sorry, Neil was unavailable. So we roped in uh, Rick from Ash, um, mm-hmm. who was really nice as well. He's a really canny guy. He loves his snooker. Very nice lad. <laughs> and then we got, um, but then Kat basically has got become too busy with doing everything that she she's doing. So we've, um, We've we've gone local and we've got a, a, a lad called Michael in, who's got a moustache, long hair, a double kick pedal, and tattoos. Right, was great. The mis- uh, and the moustache was definitely part of the addition. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, to be honest, I'm not really. It's not. I wouldn't describe it as a moustache. It's like it's one of those like it's like a lemmy thing. You know what right, would you call right. it? Okay, a handlebar. It's like a little bit of a handlebar. Yeah. You're right, okay. Is that an attempt to kind of, you know, really replicate the Spinal Tap exploding drummer? I mean, and they had a sort of series of drummers, I seem to remember, in the film. So, And they were always kind of like rock drummers. So that's good of you to pay homage to the <laughs> Spinal Tap. And uh, So who's going to be the drummer when we see you on the 19th? Is that going to yeah, be that? Yeah. yeah, Michael's our permanent drummer now, and we're going we're gonna to knuckle down and write write the second album with him, so that's fine. But yeah, Spinal Tap, I love Spinal Tap. Yeah. I'm a massive, massive fan. And the, the album cover um, of our album, Nails, that released in April, is, strictly speaking, a, a homage to Smell the Glove because it's black. Yeah. It's completely black. It's, it's You can see both sides. It's like a mirror. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a, oh, brilliant. Okay, that's really good to know. I, I, yeah, I listened to that album the other day, actually, and it's now given a whole new dynamic. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Smell the glove. So great. I was just going to say to you, I read a review or an interview with you where you described the the, the benefits as issues based an issues based music collective. And given what you've just said, I mean, I sort of see that. And I mean, I've always considered uh, the material to be poetry if you like wordsmithing um with a sort of oral soundscape behind it it's the lyrics and the 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 structure of the words that is so powerful i mean the you know when they say the pen is mightier than the sword well in your in your case it certainly is and and i you know i just wondered what you thought to that because there are you know on tracks like ship britain which is um, really structured and you know great use of electronics etc and then you get this out you know this angst and outpouring of this you know amazing words and then this soundscape behind it but do you think that it is more of a music collective with this that sort of structure um i'm not really sure how to answer that to be honest it's um it's it's you've you've, you've summed it up perfectly i'm not sure i can uh expand i mean it some, much, some of the so- some of the songs you know if you could, and don't take this the wrong way, Kingsley. If you could yeah. even say they're songs, because some of them are soundscapes. Because yeah. you're not, you're not writing in a traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, double chorus, end, right? Well, you are in one. You are in a couple of them, right? But um, you know, some of them are just like it. It, it takes me on a journey, and mm. I'm not waiting for a chorus. I'm not yeah. waiting for a you know a breakdown or anything. It's just it's on a an oral journey. Well, to be honest, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm, it's probably because I'm just really bad at writing choruses, and and the majority <laughs> of the choruses that are on the album is just one word shouted loudly, shouted yeah. more than the other bits of the the song. So that's probably right. part of the thing. But but it, it it's probably to do with the way that we write. You know, I write in quite a sort of stream of consciousness way. So I'll write side after side of of A four um, until some of it makes sense, and then you know pick of it pick pick bits out of it and, and, and right. construct songs out of that. So that's why a lot of the album repeats every now and then because it's, it, it's kind of all one long-form poem where right. I've, 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 I've stolen bits from other songs, other, of my own songs, and um, and put them in other ones. So that it, 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 they all sort of mush together. But it's... Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. But, yeah, it, it, but yeah a, a spoken word um, poetry, if you like, over, over a musical... You know, electronic musical landscapes probably about right. Yeah, it's um, yeah, good. Good, I got it right. I got it right. I, I was going to come in with the Apex Twin there, and then I thought, not better not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's no, got, it's got, it's got a bit of that left field electronic sound to it. That, I, that yeah, I yeah. and but it's the lyrics for me, and 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 the and the and the and the mental image that's come con, conjured up by that imagery with that the juxtaposition of flags and pageantry and the the veneer of our society but what really lies beneath i don't want to get too bloody ridiculous about it but you know i i see that and i and i hear it and uh, and as i said i listened to the album the other day and it was actually what a, it was actually quite poignant because you know things are kicked off in the middle east and you get this narrative spun round it all of you know which always seems to support war in one way or another and you, you seem to be able to dissect that and unpack it you know with the work that you do 
Anyway, I'm standing a little bit like I'm, I write for the Guardian. No, no. No, no, no. I, I've got a really sensible question here, right? So, really, you know, sort of, uh, for our listeners who are in bands and who are in, you know, other musical collectives, because I've had a day, a shit day of working with labels today, right? And, uh, you know, labels can be your friend, but they can also be your enemy. And uh, you seem to have found a home that is perfect for benefits music with Jeff Barrow from Portishead's label Invada. How did that come around? Yeah, so so Jeff, um, Jeff was a fan on Twitter. This right. is all you got to bear in mind. This is all before Twitter turned to shit. Before That's Elon right. Musk decided to turn it yeah. into his own personal propaganda machine. So, so yeah, so we we got a bit of um, don't know what you call it, fame, notoriety, whatever on on Twitter on social media um, about the time of you know, lockdown, things like that. So we, we, we were putting these electronic noise performance poetry things on online and, and it was getting attention. It got attention from Sleaford Mods. They liked it. There was a band in um, Germany called Mod Selector. They liked it. Um, Elijah Wood, Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He liked it. He really liked the song Empire, which I was really excited about. And um, Black Francis from the Pixies, he really liked it. So anyway, word gets around these guys. They're all, they're not all friends or anything like that, but obviously... No. They, they look at each other, they're in a similar circle where they can look at each other's um, Twitter feed or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so word gets around in these people. So so Jeff suddenly started um, liking some of my posts. And, you know, I'm, obviously Portishead's an amazing band, a lot of Beaker amazing. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy, yeah, very be, interesting, be, be, funny be, guy. Beaker brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Brand. Yeah. So he so he started um all of a sudden he started coming into my my DMs, into my messages. Yeah. And I'm like, this is interesting. What the hell does this guy want? He's he's like one of you know, he's a musical hero, he's got yeah. Grammys and all this sort of stuff. But he's um but yeah, so so anyway, long story short, I I engineered us to have a show in Bristol purely on the basis to try and get Jeff to go there. So it was it was tagged on to the end of um a tour that I'd already organised. And so the tour was supposed to finish in our hometown in Middlesbrough. And that's fine. You, you finish in your hometown, you just go home. Brilliant, marvellous. Yeah. So I, I added on a Sunday night day in Bristol, um, so which is an eight-hour journey for us yeah. from up here. So, so yeah, so we added, um, so we went down to Bristol, played in a sort of a small small room in Rough Trade Records. And um, he was there, thankfully, so that's good. So I had a good chat with him. And and it was kind of all done then, really. It was just like, do you want to make a record? Yeah, okay, no problem. And I was like, well, we haven't really got enough songs for it. And he was like, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. We'll sort Brilliant. it out. So yeah. it's um so so we 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 do have enough songs. I was being uh, facetious. Yeah. But we um so they then drove back to 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 Middlesbrough. Um, eight hours probably got home about six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning or something like that. Got work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But, I mean, that there's a balance as well. How you balance what you were doing work wise, and you know, when we spoke to you before, you mentioned, you know, and I thought this was really inspirational to any of our listeners that you've got to a level and modicum of success now with your music, having been on the bins during lockdown. I was on the bins during lockdown, but yeah, but it, it's interesting because all of this ties together. So. Weirdly, without things like COVID, right? Mm. Without lockdown, without all these politicians constantly fucking everything up, um, 
we'd have nothing. <laughs> yes. I'd, I'd possibly still be on the bins. But no, I, I worked on the bins, yeah, during um, for a while during and after lockdown and then in, in factories and things like that. But it was um, it was from those jobs where I got a lot of um, a lot of inspiration for, for a lot of inspiration. I get. I was thinking about this earlier on. Actually, if you were going to ask us what what is the inspiration and what you're oh. influenced by and things like that, and the thing is, because you, you talk about art, I listened to the first podcast and you, you talk about art and arts influence on punk and, and books right. and things like that, right? Um, art subjective. Yeah, anything could be art. So let's let's kind of put that to one side for the second. But what we're influenced by, what I'm influenced by. Is um, I'll slightly get the quote wrong, but there's a there's an old comedian called Lenny Bruce, mm. and he used to um, he was influenced one of in his book how to influence friends and how to make friends and influence people. I think in the in the, the preface to it, he goes on along the lines of um, I'm influenced by every waking hour of every waking day, and mm. it, it, it's that's kind of how I feel about how um, everybody yeah. should be. Every artist should be influenced, but it's certainly how I'm influenced. So it's every waking hour, every every moment that my eyes are awake, that, that's when I start being influenced. So that could be from art, that could be from TV, that could be from radio, that could be from a song, a film, conversation, a podcast, an argument, standing in some dog shit on the way out of the house, whatever, um, a news report, anything. Frustrating times, frustrating music. So that that's kind of where... Mm. That, that's kind of what I think we should, we're influenced in. Um, I think you know from from a songwriting perspective, Kingsley as well. You know, having worked with some songwriters who the biggest thing that they need to do is take influence from everything around them, not just say I'm going to write a song about this or I'm going to write a song about that. Where they, these influences come from, you're so it's so true. From sitting on a bus, upstairs on a bus, looking at you know an advertising holding, or yeah. looking at a building, an architect architecture, or looking at you know that's where influences come from, and influences for songs come from as well, because you know it then takes you on a journey as a songwriter. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean that that's kind of what I was getting at before when I was mentioning, um, you know. Um, how can you not be influenced by the times that you're living in? How can you not be influenced by war, corruption, greed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, mm. And I don't understand. I think this is kind of what you're saying anyway. I don't understand how, if you're an artist, inverted commas, how you can't be influenced by that, how how you can how you can ignore that I think, um, in, in favour of writing songs about yeah. love or yeah. discos or drinking or... or a, a, fetishism for greed you know or money or something like that it's, I, I don't kind of get it I don't understand it and I think there's a few few artists out there obviously in these times they are difficult times they are frustrating they are corrupt mm. um, and there's a few artists out there who do it and they do it fucking brilliantly there's obviously you'll know them Meryl Streak, Bob yep. Dylan um, the Meths are really good big special Inola Gay you know they, they've all got these the we, we're all spawning from things like crass but it, it's like we, we're trying to do it in our own way. Sleaford Mods, obviously, as well, the top of the tree. Yeah. But like, definitely, in, definitely, in a much more contemporary way. Yeah. So, to, but we're all, we've all got our own like little methods of dealing with it. You know, Meryl Streep's got his own ways of doing it. Bob Villain's got his own way of doing it. Um, 
we we used to get compared a lot to Sleaford mods because they liked us initially and they used to tweet right. about us. But I don't think we maybe in the past we did do a couple of songs that kind of aped their sound a little bit, but that was kind of we were restricted with what we could use. It was locked down. I had my laptop, that was fucking it. So but since then I think we've we want to get to a similar goal or we have a similar meaning maybe in our our lyrics, but we, we we're coming at it from a different angle. So we, you know, there's no fucking way Stephen Mods would ever have a, a a drummer with a double kick pedal, or like yeah. use noise rock, even though they did initially when they first started. But there you go. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you because you mentioned art earlier on, and then you and and even earlier you mentioned the the album sleeve. You know, we, and you made the, the comment about smell the glove, etc. And it is a black black on black album. But then with art, you know, t- t- taking your comments about being inspired by the things you see around you, I think that artists like Cold War Steve, who's obviously worked with Sleaf- Sleaford Mods, is really great at representing in a sort of more visual form the things he sees around him. And then he things that are in his head. Yeah, and also, yeah. you know, like you, you write songs based on the things as you just so brilliantly described, you know, from, from having a crap morning to... You know the thing, the war around you, or the or the or the more immediate things around you. The same thing you see with with Cold War Steve, and then you know the late great Jamie Reed, of course, brought it to life. You know, in the punk times with the Pistols and 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 those sorts of things. Mike Coles with Killing Joke, who incidentally we saw the other day. My hopefully we'll get him on the podcast to talk about this more. And G Voucher so brilliantly did with with Crass. I mean, do you see if you when you do the next record, will you do more with the album to bring the visuals? more in line with the music well weirdly um if you have a look at the um i haven't got one to hand but if you look at the the vinyl or the cd right so if you buy the vinyl or the cd and you get the vinyl i wanted to do it as an inlay but we couldn't afford it so it so we you take it out and it's got like a poster in it and it's a poster by um someone called we fail and it's a version he's doing a contemporary version of guernica yeah, um, right. Picasso's painting from you know the 1930s of uh, Spanish fascism. Yeah. So, it, so, but he's twisted it to be about British corruption and, and this, this, as I said, this this creeping twee fascism that's happening in this country that that isn't powered by stormtroopers and leather and and you know terrifying uniforms. It's powered by ukuleles and John Lewis ads and and fucking just, just fucking numbing shit. But like. You know, and algorithms, and Twitter, and Spotify, and all this bullshit. So it's powered by all this stuff, and they know how to yeah. use it. They know how to work it. They, they know how to use Facebook um, algorithms and, and adverts to get the point across. But it's but so yes, so yes. But if when we do the second album, yeah, of course we'll um, we'll work alongside that again. But the the idea of the black album sleeve itself, um, you know, is it? it, it I'm I, I jokingly say it is to do with spam tap, and it is. It, it totally is. It's totally to do with spam tap, but it also, you know, it, it, there's a nothingness. It's a void. It's um, the, it, that it is kind of that. Yeah. The problem with it being black completely is it doesn't stand out in record shops, which I've subsequently learned when I went <laughs> to find it in in HMB. Yeah. You just can't fucking see it. Right. But it's uh, yeah. I think as I said, art it, art does fascinate me, and um, I did work in a my my job before the bins was working in an art gallery, and that does sound very. Um, you know, highbrow, but I, I was basically stood there to telling people not to touch things. I would, I, but I would learn, and I talked about artwork, and I told people about artwork and things like that, and I loved it. But mm-hmm. as I said, art subjective, and it depends what you class it as, and it fascinates yeah. me because there's certain things like you know, would you class 
80s glam metal as art, you know, <laughs> would you class Motley Crue or Poison as art? I, 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 for my sins, I study things and I proper, I get into things and I study it and I analyse and I overanalyze and I think a lot. And I, I often wonder about things like these these bands from the 80s that sold millions and millions of awful records. Yeah. Um, at one point, they would have had to go into the practice room and Brett Michaels would have to go and talk to C.C. DeVille or whoever the other fucker was, and he would have to say, I've got some new lyrics for you. And these lyrics, go, and he's going, like, oh, yeah, tell him me, Brett. And he's like, this one's like, well, this one's like, this one's called Unskinny Bop, right? And it goes like, <laughs> like, gasoline, you want to pump me. And, you, and they all have to sit around and go like, yeah, man, yeah, Brett, man, that yeah. sounds cool. I, well, I, they're honestly, getting, well, they're getting the hairspray out on the hair. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this, this sort of stuff absolutely fascinates me. Like the, all of these things, everything that you've seen. I used to work in a factory that made made plastic trinkets, the sort of stuff that you would find in tourist um, spots. You know, little tiny things that you stick on a keyring. They have to be made. You know, eighties mm, yeah. glam metal records had to be made. I had to make um, little trinkets. I had to pick shit out of the bin. <laughs> I've done all sorts of crap. You know, it's amazing. But it's all, but Warhol talked about it, didn't he? With art being consumerism and, you know, him turning the Campbell soup can into art, the Coca-Cola bottle. It's all relative and it's how you view it. It's the lens you view your environment through. If some people see a Campbell soup can as a Campbell soup can, but he saw it as an expression of the time and the environment that he lived in. So the the hair metal and the, and the shit around us and the me- mediocrity is a representation of the environment that we live in. It's how you see it that's the issue. And people people are consuming things without questioning. We're not goose-stepping into fascism, like you say, in the 30s. We're sleepwalking into it. And, that, and, and, and that's because we're kept asleep by by the things we choose to engage with. It, it's, it's a fascinating, you know, um, situation. And, and that's why I think bands like Benefits are so important because you are providing a lens to bring that into focus and to bring that into relief. Without bands like Benefits or some of the other bands that you've mentioned, we'd be listening to, you know, Taylor Swift and buying crap and participating in this bullshit. And, you know, that's... Uh, hang, on, hang on. I quite like Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift's a songwriter who has quite a very classy songwriter, but we're not going there. What we're going to, what we're going to finish, what we're going to finish on is, what we're going to, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you this. I know, because we're running out of time, and you always use the end of the, uh, I saw this guy at a gig the other day, and he had a Crass t-shirt on, and he had the, uh, it was the Crass logo, but around the outside in the stenciled lettering was just Taylor Swift. It was really cool. So good. Right, that's my Christmas sausage, Stuart. So, <laughs> right. There you are. Right? We so, are. On, just to just to wind up, what what's the plans and hopes for the future of Kingsley? What, what's you know we've mentioned the tour you've got coming up. Just a minute, got one minute. Yeah, yeah, we've got new music coming out hopefully soon. Um, we've got planning. We're getting work on uh, album two. Yeah. Um, we just got to keep it going. The, the point of the band initially was to try and be instant and to try and um, talk about um, you know. Th- things that are going on in the world right now so we have to get that we have to do that we have to do that immediately we have to do it quickly i have to talk quickly because there's not much time yeah and, I'm, and by the way you won't be listening to taylor swift you won't be listening to taylor swift you'll be listening to the damned i'm not being fucking stupid yeah. by it yeah but look, no, you just get the old damn records i'll oh, put new rows on again put new no, rows no, on no, again. No, no. Right, when i when i i'll i'll see i'll see you in a couple of weeks in london kingsley i look forward to it 
Thank you so much for the interview. And we're going to close out on uh, DJ DJ Stewart. (laughs) Thanks, Kingsley. Brilliant. Hope you're washing mumbles, different stuff.